Tafano and welcome to our relaunched podcast, Coffee Time Theology. Yeah. We're your hosts. I am Stu. And I'm Grace. If you've been listening to this podcast before, you'll be like, hey, you're back. Where'd you go? Where did you go? So we, if you're new, um, we launched a podcast during the first lockdown in New Zealand and we did it for maybe just 10 episodes through a lockdown as as an exploration of what church could be in a podcast format, which was kind of fun for us. It was part of connecting with our church family over that time. And it was pretty cool. And we decided we were going to keep it going. You know, we had this idea in the very last podcast that we recorded. We were like, hey, we're going to keep this going as a coffee time theology podcast. And we'll see you in a week or two weeks. And now it's been two years. So if you've been waiting that whole time, we're really sorry. Yeah, cup high. Well, well done. done. Thanks for joining us again. We're so thrilled that you're here listening listening to us. And welcome to Coffee Time Theology. Grab a coffee. We've got ours. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about theology. Let's and, get into it. Yeah, and, and drink coffee, I guess. It'd be weird to have a Coffee Time Theology with just the theology and none of the coffee. Yeah, it, it's an essential part so of guess, it. So, how do you drink your coffee? Uh, well, I have my coffee white with two sugars in it. Or mm-hmm. a shot of caramel, unless it's somewhere that does a really good flat white. But I have to, I have to be able to trust them. Mm. How, do, how do you have your coffee? Well, it's actually a more complicated question than perhaps some people would would think. Because I, I actually have these stages of coffee depending on where I am, how I'm feeling, what I've eaten during the day. You know, it's actually quite fluid. Uh, but for the most part, like filter coffee at you know at work or at a thing, I'll just drink plunger with milk, no sugar. Just, but if I'm at a cafe, generally a flat white. And so now you know what we drink coffee-wise. If you ever are feeling like buying us a coffee, you're very welcome to. <laughs> and we'll talk theology. So that's the coffee part. Hopefully you've got your coffee. Uh, now we're going we're gonna to run with some, some theology. So since today is kind of the start of our new podcast or the relaunching of our old podcast, we're going to jump into the theology of beginnings. Right at the beginning is Genesis 1 and 2. So if you haven't read those in a little while, right now, before we get into it, might be the perfect chance for you to pause, have your cup of coffee, and just read through Genesis 1 and 2 so that you know what we're talking about. You don't have to. Just an idea. Hopefully it will make sense even if you haven't just read Genesis 1 and 2, but it might be useful. So what do you think of, like, when you think of beginnings, What's the what's the thing that pops into your head? For me, it's uh, like the the opening fanfare of movies. We've got the the Disney castle with everyone knows the the music that goes behind that. I'm not going to try and hum it because it would probably be really bad, and then we'd get a copyright strike. And there's also like the the Paramount movies with I've got the the mountain and the stars. Cool. Well, I think of um, actually it's pretty similar. Yeah. We're quite similar sometimes. I don't think of that part. I think of specifically the Star Wars movies and the uh, opening scroll at the beginning of the Star Wars movies. So you know the bit with the 
Star Wars and the big yellow writing. It's like, bam, 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 oh, no, copyright. Uh, you know, you know how it goes. And then there's the text and it's like, the rebellion is dying. I don't know. I actually haven't memorized it. Shame you on me. You haven't memorized I know, it? Right? Um, what kind of Star Wars fan are you? <laughs> the best kind. So we have all of the information you need at the beginning of the movie. There are sometimes retcons from what happened in the last movie. There are sometimes things that it's like, hey, this is a brand new thing. And it's episode four and that makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. And here's some thoughts or here's some information you need for this adventure we're about to embark on. And I think it's a good connection into the Bible. So it's almost like right at the beginning, they're telling you how you can relate to the rest of the movie. Yeah. So like Genesis is like the opening scroll of not just the Bible, but of everything. It's that little bit right at the beginning that helps us to understand how we relate to everything. And John Williams probably scored it. Probably. I mean, I can't, I can't back that up. I've got nothing to back up that John Williams scored the creation narrative. But, you know, if anyone was gonna. I mean, if you wanted to read Genesis 1 and 2 with like an epic movie soundtrack, that would probably make it just that much more awesome. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be pretty cool. We're not going to do that now. However, that would make a great podcast. We should just put a clip up of just like music. Epic cinematic music. reading Genesis 1 or 2. Uh, Leave us a comment if you think that you'd like us to do that at some point. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. But for now, what we're going to talk about is, is the Bible. Specifically, we're going to talk about Genesis and the beginning of everything. Now, before we get into some of the cool stuff that we want to share some thoughts on, there's a couple of concepts I think we need to we need to just get a handle on first. Not like big concepts, like, you know. Time and space. Time and space or the gradual decline of man. Man's human and humanity to man. Man's humanity to man. Not kind of those concepts, but things like reading and writing. So for the most part, I think I can read well good. You can read well good? I can read well good. And I can write pretty okay. So if I send you a text message, Mm -hmm. how do you read that? You can probably just read it and go, okay, this message is from Grace. We've got our own weird shared language, you know, the the acronyms and the things that we send each other that other people will be like, what are you saying? You know, so I can read that pretty well. But that's like, that's a skill that's built up. And that's from knowing you and knowing kind of what you're saying and... Familiarity. Familiarity. Yeah. And then there's like reading and writing different types of things for different reasons. Now, the concept that we're kind of playing with is that you read a textbook slightly differently than you might read that text, you know, that that you send your husband or wife. Or you might read some poetry someone's written quite differently than how you would read an instruction manual. Or an email from your boss. Or an email from your boss. And those are really important basic concepts that we, for the most part, have a a really instinctual grasp on, that we hold on to them. Yeah, in everyday life, we don't really have to think about this kind of thing. We just know that you read an email from your boss in one way and you read a, a novel in a different way. But when it comes to like ancient texts like the Bible, we gotta we gotta just check ourselves. You know, it's like, am I reading this like a textbook when it's supposed to be poetry? Am I reading a story when it's supposed to be lineage? You know, am I reading facts and figures when someone's spinning a tale? Am I not getting the point because I'm looking so hard at the details? 
So if we can just hold that concept just like floating over here, you can't see my hand, but if you could, it's just floating over to the side. Then we can get to the, what I'm calling the primal truth of Genesis. The big point. The big point, the kind of core, of the big point, just like the primal truth. It sounded real epic. And you're like, you're just the big point. Anyway, the main point of Genesis, the primal truth. And that's, I think, that God created. It's summed up so well in just that very first verse. Yeah. The first verse of the first book of the Bible. In the beginning, God created. It feels like it could be a full stop. It's not quite, but, you know, like, that, that's, that's the point. That's the primal truth. going to catch on. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it will, but we'll roll truth. with it. We'll roll with it. And, like, the nuts and bolts of uh, how it all happened kind of fall second to that. You know, the, the point of this story, this mythos of the world, of creation, of God and, and life and everything, is kind of wrapped up in this truth that God created. Yeah, and so the, the rest of Genesis 1 and 2, they're sort of telling us about our relationship and God's relationship with all of these other things that exist in creation with us. The, the big theological word for it is that it's called a cosmology. Cosmology. And it's teaching us about our place in the universe. And so as it goes through Genesis chapter 1 and it tells us all of these things that God created, it's, it's not saying necessarily these are things that were created in scientifically this order but it's saying these are things over which god is sovereign god created the light and god created the dark and the earth and the water and the plants and the animals and mankind all of these things god created and in that there's the story that is told that is a story about god that reveals some other cool stuff there's some stuff that we we want to explore a little bit one of the fascinating parts of the story, I think, is, is when we look at creation and we, we look at how it's kind of written out in this, this story, we see this idea that creation comes through chaos. Yeah, if we, if we take any of these points and we stop halfway, it's going to be a place that we wouldn't call complete. And at the beginning of each stage, God pauses and he says that this is good, even though it's not complete. And then right at the end, he says it's very good. It's very good indeed. It's this cool thing because it's still good in its kind of unformed, chaotic state. Yeah, it's only half done. It's only half done and God's still like, this is good, man. This is awesome. You know, and I, I really like that when we kind of apply it to how we live. Like, obviously, uh, when you look at a story like this, when you look at the Bible where it's got the creation story, it's not telling you how to go create the planets and the world and any of that. But this idea that something that is being formed can go through a stage of looking like nothing compared to where it should go. Because in in Genesis chapter 2, it goes back to when God's creation was a desert. And if we'd stopped there, who wants a desert, right? But God uses the, the water to create life and vegetation and brings in the plants and animals to create more fully, even though we've moved through that stage of it being a desert. Yeah, the parts aren't fully formed, eh? It's, yeah. It's that bit exists in that state, in that in-between state, but is still good. 
It's good even though it's not finished. Yeah, not finished, but it has a goal. It's going somewhere. And I guess I guess that's kind of the the thought we wanted to 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 think about. The thought we wanted to think about. Mm. The thought we wanted you to think about. We wanted you to think about. If things are chaotic and things are messy and maybe sometimes quite unpleasant, there is always the possibility that you're still working through them. You know, there is still the possibility that something is being formed. And we actually have this choice sometimes in the the chaoticness and the unformed messiness of something to stop and leave it unformed or to keep creating and to keep being created and formed. I know sometimes I get mad when I'm making something and it just feels it just feels chaotic and it feels messy and I don't feel like I can share it and I don't feel like I can declare that it's good because it's not finished. Can you imagine like the first time someone made donuts? Imagine if they made it from a recipe. This is such a weird thought process. But you know, like imagine if you got a recipe for donuts, right? Yep. And you're like, hey, I'm going to do what this says. And it's just, you're following kind of in the story. You don't know what's coming next. You don't know what it's going to look like. And like a, a non-cooked donut, not that good, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like goop. a weird, weird goopy batter. Yeah, you said bladder for a second, and I was like, um... It's not a weird it's goopy not bladder. not a weird goopy bladder. You should not be eating those donuts. But this weird goopy batter is kind of the space. And imagine not knowing what would come next and just being like, oh... Okay, well, I tried to make something delicious and amazing, like a donut. I tried to make this amazing thing, and I got this, and I'm done. Like, I, I don't know if I, I'm going to keep going. I, I can't keep going. This is too weird. This is too weird. And I feel sometimes that that's kind of, it's kind of us in life, you know? We leave ourselves in, in that unfinished state, and we're mad about it. Yeah. And we're like... How dare I exist in this unfinished state? I'm not good. And on a, on a bigger level, um, humanity as a whole is, is finished, is created in the image of God, but is still being formed to look more like God. Yeah. And we've been invited in to that God's very own act of creation. Mm. And there's this idea of like, right now we're, if, if we are the donut, if we're that weird gloopy donut thing there's hints of what the donut's going to become you know there's there's the shape there's it might actually taste pretty good because of the amount of sugar in it but it's not quite what is still to come and we're just in that space so if you're looking at your life and things feel chaotic things feel unfinished or messy that doesn't mean they're bad that doesn't mean that that's a place that you shouldn't be and that you need to work your work your fastest to get out of it that just means that your story is still being written you're still at the point where you're good you're not made yet and that's fine it's a step it's a step this is a weird half-formed bladder no i'm better this is weird gloopy better of we don't know where this is going but it feels right to try and make something out of it and it feels right for us as people right now to kind of look at the goopiness of everything around us and just go like, hey, can we make something cool out of this? We've got all of the ingredients. We've got all of the bits. What does it mean for me to continue developing in this space and become a donut? 
And even before we become a donor, we're still good. We're still good. This is the first episode of, of Coffee Time Theology, and we just kind of, we wanted you to think about what it might mean if right now, in the chaos of life, you were a goopy batter of donut. Hmm. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to start playing with some, some maybe some more complicated theology. Uh, we're going to start with some ideas that we get to play with and share and just share some thoughts of it, hopefully provoke some thinking and some learning. But for today, we're in that space of like, huh, um, things are real messy, but I'd really like a donut. Yeah. Hmm. So take a deep breath. Know that you are loved. Drink some more water. And have a great day until we're here again. Bye. Bye.